There are a few paths you can go down in the animal kingdom that are tried and true. Strength and power are great, but only if you can catch what you're after. The Roadrunner is famously hard to catch. Just ask a coyote. But when you're a high-performance athlete in a hot climate, it's important to keep cool. Beating the heat is essential when you're trying to run the race of survival in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can follow us on, follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy or visit us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com. And a very special thank you to our patrons. Thank you to Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, Paul Chomo, and Richard Kaspar. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated, and thank you for helping us keep the lights on. And today we're talking about a bird who's a runner. She's a track star, but more on that later. He's going for distance. <laughs> He's going for speed. Yeah. We are talking about the greater... Roadrunner. That's right. I didn't know there was a greater or a lesser. Yeah. Major and a minor, but yeah, there's the Roadrunner, pretty much. So we're going to call it here. Um, come at me, bro. Yeah. Uh, one ran over the cuckoo's nest. Good. And float like a butterfly, speed like a beamer. That's very good. Three out of three. That was all Bibby. <laughs> all three of those. I, I, the, the, earlier, I was like, hey, I can't think of any nicknames. Um, and then like, I went to go take care of the kids for a while. And we were, I was like with him in the, uh, I was uh, helping bathing them in the tub. And then Bibby just busts in the room and she's like, all right, come at me, bro. <laughs> I was like, I was like, she hasn't lost the mojo. But like, I'm just picturing her like, because then she, she was probably cleaning up downstairs while I was with the kids. And so I just picture her, like, picking up toys and, and, and wiping things down, going, like, come back. Oh, oh, yeah, come back, me, bro. Oh, I can't. <laughs> Something flew over the cuckoo's nest. Cuckoo's nest. <laughs> but, yeah, she's a she's a great help in the in the creative department here. Because <laughs> after a long day of work, like, my brain is just fried. You want to... You mind if I do a little bit of taxonomy over here? I'm going to go for it. Just a little bit, if you'll indulge me. Uh, the the kingdom is one you know, love, and are in. The kingdom is Animalia. Phylum is Chordata, because it's got a spine. Class is Aves. It's a bird, so it has a hollow spine. Um, I mean, I guess all of our spines are hollow, because, you know, you got to have nerves and stuff go through there. Um... Oh, the order is uh, Cuculiformes. So it looks like a cuckoo. Um, the family is Cuculidae. Which sounds refreshing. Like Cuculidae. Um, the genus is Geococcus. Geococcus. Once again, referring to its spine. Hmm. 
That's your tailbone. It's what Napoleon's grandma broke. <laughs> Took a spill out on the dunes. Broke her cockix. Um, but Geo, yeah. I guess r- rock tailbone. <laughs> um, the species is Californianus. Californianus. That's... that's that that's the third California oriented red hot chili peppers song. There's Danny California, Californication, and Californianus. Yeah. That one didn't that one didn't sell as well. It didn't become a single like the other ones. Um But since we're so it's Geococcyx, Californianus. And since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show, critter groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? What is its term of entry? Or what is a collective noun? And we're doing a bird, which means we get a good one. We're not doing a lizard, or we're not doing a frog, or an ant, where we've already, or fish, where we've already beaten that one into the ground. We're doing a bird. And the, those ornithologists are great with terms of entry. And we've got one for the Roadrunner. So, Joe. If you saw a group of roadrunners, would it be A, a sprint of roadrunners, B, a marathon of roadrunners, C, a jog of roadrunners, or D, a dash of roadrunners? A dash sounds like a small amount. Like a pinch? Yeah. I like a a dash a lot. I'm going to go with dash, final answer. I'm not going with my gut. What does your gut say? Sprint. What does your What does your heart tell you? Does it tell you that Frodo's life? <laughs> that. Um, both of those are wrong. The answer is B. Marathon. Oh, okay. It, it is a marathon. Then of I don't road feel runners. Because you probably run a marathon on a road. Probably. True. Sometimes. You don't have cross to country. True, true. Um, personally, I probably would have gone with sprinter dash. Like if I was if I was creating the term of entering, because it's not like they run forever. <laughs> it's, it's, um, they just they run really quickly, in short bursts. They can run for a while though. Um, yeah, a marathon of road runners. Uh, let's talk about what this looks like. So the Roadrunner has an overall ostrich-like shape, which makes sense given that both birds like to run. Um, they have this long neck, a compact body, and uh, very long legs, strong legs. Uh, unlike the ostrich, however, the Roadrunner has useful wings. It can fly. Hooray! Um, it has a long curved pterodactyl beak. When I saw a pic, like close up picture of this, I was like, I don't think I could, like, I couldn't think of another bird that this beak looked like. And the only thing I could think of was a pterodactyl. It's really, you, it's really unique. Cause it's not, it's not like a heron's sharp, uh, bill, or it's not like, a the, the curved, um, like hawk or or parrot or something like that. It's, I think pterodactyl is the the closest thing I've got. What do you think? Uh, 
It's pretty Pucerriform to me. They're but like it's a, got that like, like that downward bent at the very end, and it's yeah. really long and narrow. Crows, like a no, like a crow's a little thicker. Maybe a bit of a, maybe a bit of crow there. A little, a little bit of crow. It's like a, a crow, but thin. I see what you're talking about, pterodactyl. <laughs> Definitely pterodactyl. Um, plus, on top of this, like pretty unique beak it also has a unique beak it also has nice. a big mohawk this regal mohawk tuft which is the inspiration for the cartoon roadrunner um or at least that has the that has the tuft on it um it has a it has dark brown black and white spots on its head back neck and and tail but its belly is completely white. Um, it's got that counter shading, even though it doesn't necessarily need the counter shading because it can fly, but it does not do so often. Uh, so not a lot of things are going to be looking up at it um, in, in a way that would make camouflage make sense. There are also characteristic bright red spots just behind its eye, kind of actually closer to its ear holes um, that are sometimes covered by its uh, larger brown feathers, but um, from certain angles, you can see it very clearly. And it has a very, very long tail. Like it almost doubles the Roadrunner, Roadrunner's length. Um, and it's used while running. I'll talk about that later when we talk about running, but... Um, this is very ostrich-like, um, but it is not as big as an ostrich. By no means. <laughs> do you want to know how big it actually is? I do. I would. That'd be nice. Welcome to the Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms to a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying singing or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com guess what we have a new measure up intro this week what what i want to do that tim and eric thing where it's like uh without further ado the listener's favorite part of the show Wait, wait, did they, did, I think somebody, I think, uh, somebody said go Carlos. Yeah, I, I thought I heard that too. Is that the pools? Yes, that is the pool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you are, you are given the spirit of the pools to, uh, to, uh, get a nursing school victory. Someone out there is cheering me on and it's giving me strength. Thank you to Joy, and I also heard uh, several others in there, including Calvin and Julia. And it sounded Laura. like all. It sounded like all three. It sounded like the, the clan. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that was okay. that was some pretty good harmonies too. Oh, she said. Did she say something in the email? 
We haven't done one in over a year, she said. And not a moment too soon. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Joy. Thank you to uh, the kids for their frequent um, additions. Uh, I should mention that Joy said that I sounded quiet, quieter than you with my, I have this new kind of setup um, in terms of where I'm uh, recording. So my other mic, which had no fancy arm to sit on, was kind of too far away from me. So now I the the first episode I'm recording on my r- new Rode microphone is the Roadrunner episode. Isn't that great? It's a Rode microphone. I didn't yep. know that, huh? Our, but so we're retiring the old Blue Yeti that we've had for like eight years. No, it's still going to be around because uh, if we ever, or if I ever have to record multiple people at a time, if we're ever recording in the same room, It'll be a lot easier to use that. Very true. In a deluxe studio. Um, but let's talk about length. It's between 52 and 62 centimeters or 20 to 24 inches. How many road runners go into the height of an organ pipe cactus? Organ pipe cactus? Is that like the classic cactus? Like the cartoon cactus? Well, here's a hint. An organ pipe cactus is a cactus species native to, to the Sonoran Desert. It grows straight up in bunches of a dozen or more stalks, hence the name. So it's like you've probably like you would you would not think this was alien if you saw it. You, you, you'd recognize <laughs> not, it. I hope I wouldn't think it was alien. That'd They're be, like that'd be trippy. cactuses that grow in these bunches. God, um, it's it's not fruit. The- is harvested by the Ceres, uh, which is an indigenous tribe that lives in northern Mexico. And this is the tallest one of these? The the Just the height of one. I went with the upper end of average. Oh. Um, I guess this thing's going to be like... I'll say 15 feet. That sounds pretty decent. Uh, and 24 inches. That's two feet. This is this is easy. Seven and a half. Seven Done. and a half road runners. Yeah, seven Final and a half road answer. runners going to the length of this cactus. Final answer. The correct answer is 12 road runners. Oh, come on. I had the pool strength and everything. The cactus can reach up to 24 feet. Oh, I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> there, there. You might still uh, be able to use it. Um, let's talk with. They're between 221 and 538 grams, or with. I mean, <laughs> weight. <laughs> um, they're they're seven seven point eight to nineteen ounces. That's a big difference. So, how many roadrunners go in? Uh, would a how many roadrunners would a coyote have to eat to eat its weight in roadrunners? So here's a hint. Now, uh, the the coyotes live coyotes live all over North America, across um, several different biomes, and they've been spotted on the opposite side of the Panama Canal to their home territory. So. Here's another trivia question. I'll give you a 5% bonus, extra credit, 
if you can tell me if you drove to the Panama Canal, what of the eight uh, cardinal directions, north, south, east, west, and then the ones in between, um, what side of it would you be on? Of the eight? Yeah. Um, well, I guess just... I'd be on this north western side or maybe just west is that your final answer yeah it's i'll i'll give it to you for west cuz that you don't think about that much that the 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 um that panama curves off curves off to be uh horizontal Yes. Be longitude, so latitudinal. You, you would definitely be on the west, but it's almost southwest. Yeah, oh, it is it southwest. Yeah, it curves up. Um, you never, I never really think about that. Whenever I think about the Panama Canal, you just think of Central America just as yeah. going straight down. <laughs> yeah, I think like I need to go south across the Panama Canal if I want to get get across it. Very yeah. interesting. Um, I'm going to say 25, 25, a coyote would have to eat 25 roadrunners to eat its weight in roadrunners. I'm assuming that a coyote is 30 pounds. That might be, coyotes are like, we just saw several coyotes up close at the zoo. They were actually out and about this time. And, uh, they look to be. Like, sm- like on the small end of medium when it comes to dog things. So I'm going to say 30 pounds. So 25 Roadrunners. Final answer. Yeah. The correct answer is 37 Roadrunners. Oh, Coyote- is, that, is that nursing? Coyotes That's can nothing. weigh up to 44 pounds. Or 20 kilograms. Now, with 5%, does that get you there? No, that gives me the 72%. Undergrad. 72 and a half. You'd pass your undergrads. No. (laughs) Uh, How am I supposed to practice as an LPN now? uh, There are probably many, if not most, coyotes in the weight you estimated, especially in the Sonoran Desert, where they're typically smaller than like. A captive one would be eastern and northern uh, coyotes. Also, those those were Floridian. Those are yeah Floridian coyotes because it was in the the Florida loop of, of the Jacksonville Zoo. Mm. Um, man, I feel like I really squandered that pool energy. <laughs> you were so close. You like, did the, the. I feel like the, I. I feel like you know you know when you play a video game and they. You get like a consumable that like ups your strength or something like that, but there's only two of them in the whole game, and you use it and immediately die. Like I feel like I feel like that's what happened. You use your master. I like, got this ball very rare. <laughs> what? <laughs> I said you used your master ball in a ratata. <laughs> yeah, I used it through my master ball. Uh, yeah, at a at a zigzagoon or something like that. Um, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, so I I we re- I really appreciate the measure up, and I'm, I'm sorry it was wasted. So <laughs> uh, we were close though. We're getting there. Yeah, 
I was I was duped by the fact that this is like the heaviest coyote of all time. Unfortunately, uh, as we always go with the upper end of average, um, but unfortunately, this this put us at a uh, uh, Jessica Ian worst measure up experience, where it's close. Oh, <laughs> but not quite right. <laughs> I need to be. So, but that's the gamble that you take when you don't ask me how many Roadrunners go into uh, like all of the the weight of all of the bodies of the solar system put together. <laughs> yeah. So, so to where I'm astronomically wrong, or uh, you ask me how many Roadrunners go into a Roadrunner, and I know the answer is one. <laughs> the the most interesting one has always been the cloud one, and that was because it's like. I did not know clouds are that big. So I didn't you, know clouds weighed a million otters yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or a yeah. million mongooses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all righty. That's all I got for me, uh, for that. Do you have any fast right. facts before we get into the major fact? Yes. Let's do some fast facts. So as you mentioned, these guys live in Southwest of uh, North America, all the way down to Central America. Um, but they, they can live as far uh, East as Louisiana. But they are called Californianus, so they are pretty prevalent in California. Uh, they like arid desert regions uh, with low levels of vegetation so that they can, you know, run. Uh, they like to eat insects, spiders, centipedes, scorpions, mice, smaller birds, lizards, and even venomous snakes. Um, there are some stories that report uh, roadrunners uh, seeing a rattlesnake and then taking pieces of uh, a cactus and trapping it in this like little spiky gulag so that it can so that it can't escape and then it, it eats it i don't know it, apparently there's aren't there's no like actual documentation of that but that's what the that's uh, that's the that's the folklore around the the road runner that's a great um, gamer tag spiky gulag <laughs> is it is it though? Yeah, it's a good xbox live name spiky gulag sniper x um <clears throat> little spiky gulag that's my rapper name <laughs> little spike little spiky gulag um the so the thing that roadrunners are known for is the thing that they're best at which is running uh they can reach up to 26 miles an hour which is one of the fastest speeds for any f flying bird um for any bird the ostrich has it has it beat and, and when i say speed i mean ground speed obviously like the falcon like flying birds while they're flying is fast are faster but the ostrich ostrich can run up to 70 miles per hour which is a lot faster but it's also a lot bigger um when the roadrunner runs it's it uh goes completely horizontal um so that its tail is is parallel with the ground um, and that allows it to be very aerodynamic and it also allows it to use its tail as a rudder while it's running, uh, to change directions because, uh, again, this, this, this bird weighs a little more than a pound and it's moving at 26 miles an hour. Um, this, the slightest change in its feathers can, can help it to, to steer. Um, and not many people know this, or at least I didn't, uh, the roadrunner is actually a cuckoo bird. That's why I called it One Ran Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And that's why it's in the order Cuculiformes. And it's in the family Cuculidae. Um, and we've mentioned the cuckoo bird. It's a it's a, a taxonomy 
LDT alum, uh, they they are known for laying their eggs in other um, in other birds' nests. They're brood parasites, and so when the when the roadrunner or the cuckoo bird hatches, um, the uh, the other bird, like the crow or the or the raven or whatever, will um, will feed their their baby for them at the expense of the act the the crow's babies. Um, so they they kind of they're they're freeloaders um, that basically take their kids to uh, to daycare that is completely staffed by people that by by birds that have been shanghaied into it. Um, So yeah, that's um, that's their their brood behavior, um, and they also have a pretty advanced vocalization structure. They have seven different distinct calls, um, and many of them can be heard up to a thousand feet away. So that's it's quite quite a ways, hmm. um, if, you know, like a less than a fifth of a mile. Um, but uh, and then they have slight variations on on those calls, but seven seven uh, distinct different kinds of uh, sounds they can make, and they are pretty territorial. Males will attack other males uh, that are entering their territory, um, which I assume usually involves dropping some sort of anvil or um, case of dynamite, mm-hmm. um, or potentially, and this is pretty rare. Um, putting up a photo, of, like a very large mural of a tunnel on a on a, just a, a like a rock. Yes. Um, to to make the other males think that there's a tunnel, and then they just run into the rock and break their necks and die. I love the David Attenborough uh, documentary about that. Yeah, it's actually the painting of the mural is really intricate mm-hmm. with um, berries and stuff. Yeah, and and their own feces. <laughs> Uh, obviously that's not true they will just peck them and run after them um but um yeah those old cartoons are like super violent (laughs) i'm realizing (laughs) but um you know there's actually a this is kind of a tangent you know there's actually a, a concept in um in video games called hang time or sorry it's called coyote time <clears throat> where there's there's a moment where you can run your character off of a cliff and still jump even though you're technically none of your pixels are touching the cliff's pixels and that that's like a little bit of give um and it's really it's more apparent in like mario platforming games um but it's it's named after the coyote when he's chasing the roadrunner when he can w- run out onto thin air and he doesn't fall until he realizes that he's in, in there <laughs> because uh, re- reality is what you make it live your truth coyote um <laughs> but yeah that's it that's all my fast facts do you have any major facts i do i have at least one um i'm calling this one running hot mm. so roadrunners are high performance athletes that are operating in some of the hottest places in north america like the sonoran desert or the Mojave Desert, so which are connected. I don't know what what sep- when two two deserts are connected. Why are they two deserts? 
That's what I want to know. Maybe different, um, different biome, but different um, climates. Yeah, maybe there's slightly. different elevations and something. So it's the the experience is different. Um, so many deserts, desert animals are nocturnal, which allows them to uh, avoid the heat of the day. But road runners are diurnal, which means they are most active during the day, uh, during the frying pan hours. So to adapt to the heat and maintain a top performance so they can escape wily coyotes, they've developed some interesting thermoregulation tactics. So we've, we've used the word thermoregulation before. It's usually used to talk about cold-blooded animals and how they regulate their body temperatures manually by um, like sunning themselves on a rock or taking a, uh, a dip in, in, in a river or something like that. Mm-hmm. But birds are warm-blooded, uh, like mammals, like you and I. But the desert is so hot that the roadrunner needs some special skills to avoid getting too hot. So they're most active from morning to noon and then again in the evening. So they skip out on the hottest hours of the day. But since water is so scarce and absolutely vital, roadrunners need to hold on to every drop that they can. So they have mucous membranes in the rectum, cloaca, and casum that absorb every ounce of water before waste leaves the station for good. Oh, I'm I'm so disgusted that I know what all those words mean. (laughs) (laughs) So before they do a two, they uh, get all the H2O they can out of it with these special um, mucous membranes. But then that that's not it. That's the end of the process. But during digestion, their intestines are so are, are also covered in something called villi, which are these cylindrical protrusions uh, on the inside of their intestines that increase the surface area of their <clears throat> intestinal tissue where water can be absorbed. So they're, 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 their their uh their twos are probably extremely dry. But number number two, my lord. Uh Roadrunners also have something in common with seabirds, despite their vastly different environments. So they have a special special glands above their eyes that eliminate salt. Most birds eliminate salt like we do by peeing. Uh, however, or sweating. Yeah. Uh, do birds sweat? I don't know. No, we sweat to get rid of. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we pee. Um, but, uh, glands that help remove excess salt from your body when water is scarce. So you don't have to pee it out, uh, is essential. So like, um, we've, I, did we do the, uh, aquatic, the Galapagos iguana, the aquatic, well, I forget what it's called. The iguana that swims in the ocean. That sounds like something we've done or at least something we were planning on. The doing. marine iguana, the marine iguana. We have done they, that, I think. They also have like an ability to eject salt in this way. Um, so 
I, I, I couldn't exactly find out why, like it seemed to be connected to their like thermal regulation. I mean, um, at least like dealing with the desert, but I couldn't find out exactly why, like you want to, you need salt to retain water. So it seems like they want salt. The closest thing I could get to an explanation was that you lose a lot of water when you pee. So if that's your primary method of getting rid of salt, um, and water is scarce, then you're going to be salty. I don't know. Um, because but every time I like type, you type in uh, Roadrunner and salt, you get a brand of street salt used to like uh, uh, get rid of snow. That's called a Roadrunner. Uh, I would think you would run into recipes for Roadrunner stew. Oh, I hope not. I don't think that that is a thing. Uh, <laughs> really? People don't eat Roadrunners? Little desert chickens. Um, fast desert chickens. So of course the desert isn't just hot. It can also be really cold at night, especially in the winter. Um, a roadrunner's body temperature can fluctuate more than 10 degrees between night and day. Yeah. That would be lethal for most warm blooded animals during the day. They can be as hot as 104 degrees. That's a fever dog. It's a pretty bad one. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, while um, in low activity and in colder air uh, at night, their temperature drops to 93 degrees. So that's a that's a that's the opposite of a fever. That's your your uh, what is hypothermia? I guess I guess we could survive with either in either of those situations. Yeah, I was thinking more like ten degrees on either side, where we we rest at ninety eight point six, and we go up to a hundred and eight or eighty eight. This, this is them on the regular. A hundred and four degree fever. I think you, your your brain starts cooking. Like it's not good. So it's if not you were sustainable. Every day like that, you, it would definitely probably kill you. Yeah, it's eventually. not good <laughs> or ideal but i think it's uh not instantly it's not completely lethal like a hundred and like eight degree fever would be you're slow roasting your insides at that point um in the morning with salt they rap- mm. um they rapidly yeah isn't it great with salt and water you're making a stew you got a stew going um your own so stew. after the nighttime when their uh their body temp is low they rapidly heat in the morning by sunning themselves and they'll spread their wings with their backs to the sun and they'll puff up their back feathers so that it's like sticking out and exposing their dark skin to the sun's rays. So they'll stay like this for hours in the morning. Uh, like a Tesla booting up, <laughs> but during like the a winter, solar powered something. Uh, during the winter, they may might do this for multiple multiple times per day, multiple hours. Like hmm. an anhinga. Have you ever seen an anhinga doing this? All the time. They're everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Like cormorants, too. Cormorants. Sunning themselves. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that I, I was at Morikami Gardens down near you um, a, a, few, a few years ago? 
and I saw a cormorant, which they these these guys have necks that are like I don't know the size of like the 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 size of markers, like the the thickness of mark like a uh. a, a, a a dry erase marker. A it small seems. cormorant, maybe. Maybe I think it feel like a like a anyway like a half dollar. If it caught a fish, and we watched it, the, the, the its entire neck expand into the shape of this fish <laughs> as it went down its gullet, Oof. and I was like, "That is incredible!" And that seems like it would be super painful if that fish's like little barbs ever got stuck on the way down. But Corman's been doing this like they're like that's all they do. Like this <laughs> survival survival depends on not getting. Um, stabbed by by a fish on the way down the gullet. So, that's all I got. All right, I I didn't realize they sunbathe. That's you wouldn't think that anything in the desert would sunbathe, especially not a warm blooded thing. I mean, winter gets really cold. It um, does. It do. But still, like, I feel like you would sunbathe and be like, too much, too much, too much, <laughs> like really <laughs> fast. <laughs> Or you just be like, ah, I mean, my body temperature's low, but I mean, it, it'll get to where it needs to needs to go by the end of today, or by the end of the morning. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, that was the the Road Runner. It's one of those like famous animals that we we still haven't covered yet. I mean, now we have, but um, you know, we've gone you know over two hundred episodes without covering. Yeah, but we have another one coming up. I won't say what it is. It's a secret. Yeah, it's fun to like to like what famous animals haven't we done, and then look, do some research on them and be like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, stay tuned. Uh, for you out there in Podcastia, go the distance. Eliminate your excess body salt, and get as much moisture out of your cloaca as you can, like the Roadrunner here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. <laughs> have we done the sperm whale? We have not. Oh, okay. Whale. Let's do the That's sperm a- whale.